Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to the ninth episode of the Two Point Conversion. And today, we get to talk about an LSU victory, and a good one at that, a 30. No, I'm sorry, I did the math wrong. It's a 28-point throbbing victory over the South Carolina Gamecocks, 52-24. to Now, first of all, where was I last week with these episodes? Well, if you weren't aware, there wasn't a football last week. LSU was scheduled to play Florida last week. They didn't exactly do that, because Florida had a bunch of cases. Florida didn't play this week, and they've effectively shut down their football program until Monday because they have a huge outbreak. It's, I think, over 50 players, and I don't know if that includes coaches and staff, but it's really bad. It was going to be a really bad game, though, because LSU was without their starting quarterback. Uh... Miles Brennan got injured on a hit in the Missouri game, a really hard hit in the first half. He somehow managed to play the entire second half, but it explains, at least in my opinion, why we didn't go for a QB sneak to try and win the game. Because uh, you don't want to injure him more. So he was going to be out. Uh, he was out for this game. So there was a QB competition between two true freshmen, TJ Finley and Max Johnson. What's the difference between these two? Well, the main difference is that TJ Finley is a right-handed quarterback, and Max Johnson's a left-handed quarterback. That's the main difference. They were pretty much the same in practice. Uh, Coach O said that he was having a very difficult time making a decision up until, like, even Thursday when he was like, eh. But he chose TJ Finley uh, because he was just a little bit better on third down. Max Johnson did get in for one play. Um, That one play was... Or no, I do believe he got in for a little bit in the second half uh, towards the end of the game. But he came in during the first half when Finley lost his helmet on one of the plays. He was trying to make a little bit of a dive. Uh, So Johnson came in, but he never threw a pass. Um, And I mention all of this because I am weird. Um, I'm a left-handed thrower. Now, that's not weird. Many people are left-handed, about 10% of the population, more like 12%. Um, that's not weird. What's weird is that I don't write with my left hand. I'm right-handed for most things, but I'm a lefty when I throw. It's a weird thing. I don't know. That's why I've always had this uh, little affinity for left-handed quarterbacks. Only 32, as of recording, have ever started an NFL game. Uh, By the time this has been uploaded, it will probably be 33, because Tua Tagovailoa will have started, and all he will be the 33rd. So let's talk less about that and talk more about the game. First of all, LSU's offense. Um, So TJ Finley is a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. He was a three-star recruit out of Ponchatoula. Um, Someone on Twitter wanted to start giving him the nickname of the Ponchatoula Pistol. I am all in favor of that and will henceforth be calling him the Ponchatoula Pistol. So the Ponchatoula Pistol, and you know why they call him that? Because he can throw the ball really well. He's absolutely on point with his throws. He looked he looked really good. Like, I can see why they were comfortable starting him. Uh, I know they had to, but like, they were comfortable with him. And to think that like, oh, that's what we have. Oh, okay, I trust this offense. Like, I really trust this offense? Because the guy we had running it before was a guy who'd been at LSU for like three years and had basically been groomed to be the starter. This guy, true freshman. And he comes out and he's absolutely... They start off um, 
with a lot of running plays. It was a very balanced game by the LSU offense. Uh, 265 passing yards, 276 rushing yards. Getting the ball working on the ground, by the way. Something that we did not do against Missouri. Uh, we had, what, 177 yards in the first half on the ground? Much better than the one yard we had against Missouri. Yeah, that's what you have to do in order to win. You have to be able to set things up. Uh, you have to be able to, especially with this true freshman, get him acclimated to the game. He looked very, very comfortable. Um, there weren't really any times where he was getting pressured in the pocket. Um, and when he did, he had a really great way of stepping out of it. Like, he's very comfortable. He's also a guy who was... Uh, they ran a bunch of QB draws, which in my opinion was kind of dumb. It's like, hey, you already have an injury to one of your quarterbacks. You don't want to do that again, especially right now. Um, and there were some pretty tough hits. And maybe a couple of late, dirty hits... Uh, one The roughing the passer call was one of those where it's like, hey, uh, dude, who did that? Get out, please. You're terrible. You're bad. Yeah. Third downs was one point of emphasis uh, for LSU. Against Missouri, we were 0 for 10. Against South Carolina, we were 8 for 10. Uh, not 8 for 10, 8 of 10. Did an absolutely incredible job on third down. Much better. Um, 541 yards of offense, really can't complain about that. But the offense was never my problem to begin with. Like, we did well on offense in the first three games. We knew we were a good offensive team. Coming into this game, I was a little bit, um, worried about whether we would look any good with the freshman, because it is still a freshman. He did have that one pick, um which was honestly, that was a miscommunication on the route. He did not look where the receiver was going. But what I loved about that, what I absolutely loved about that, was that Finley made the tackle. He never gave up on the play. He was very hustle on it. And when he went to the sidelines, he was like, my bad, I'll do better next time. So he's got that accountability. He's definitely the type of guy that I would trust as a starter in the future. Not right now. Um... Dan Orlovsky, because the game was already over and they were bored, made a point of like, oh no, TJ Finley should be the starting quarterback going forward. Like, why would you take it away from him? He hasn't done anything to lose his job. Okay, he's not the starter. He was never the starter. He was only the starter that night because our actual starter was injured. Like, pretty badly. So, he doesn't have the job. He's also a true freshman. One of the points they were making was like, Ugh, but he might transfer if you don't give him the job. He's a true freshman. I don't think he expected to have the job. I don't think any true freshman in this country expects to have the job if there's a guy already there who was pretty much groomed to have the job. Like... Honestly, Miles Brennan's a great example of a guy who could have transferred quite easily if he wanted to. There were two times he could have transferred. Hell, there were three times he could have transferred. He could have transferred when he lost the job to Danny Etling. He could have transferred when he lost the job to Joe Burrow. And he could have transferred the year after he lost the job to Joe Burrow when he realized Burrow was going to be the starter the next season. Like, those are times when, as a quarterback, you could transfer. 
Hell, Burrow transferred after one of those times. Granted, it also didn't help that he had an injury, but still. Brennan stayed around, and now he's the starter, and what's he doing? Just tearing it up. Does it help that he has guys like Terrence Marshall who just catches touchdowns? Yes, it really does help. Um, defensive side of the ball. Now, we gave a 400 yards of offense. Normally, I'd be like, oh boy, that's really, really terrible. But for the standards of this year, we looked pretty good. Now, the crowd wasn't exactly great to help. Well, I say wasn't exactly great. Like, at one point in the first quarter, we cheered, the whole crowd cheered for like a three-yard run uh, by SC. Because, you know, we stopped him for only three yards. It didn't help that on the first drive, they marched down the field in three plays for 85 yards. Like, really? Really? That's just terrible. You cannot, cannot do that. But yeah, defense managed to stop South Carolina when they had uh, good chances to score. Uh, Elias Ricks had his pick six, which was really good. Um, he played the ball absolutely perfectly on that play. There was absolutely nothing wrong with that. What I did have the problems with were the long plays. Um, the long touch. Yeah, the long touchdown throw, or almost touchdown throw by South Carolina, where it was like, uh, guys, guys, what the heck was that? Where he streaks down the sideline completely uncovered. I'm trying to remember exactly who, no, it was Flot that was on him. Yet another problem by Flot, although I guess he didn't look too bad this game. But he's just completely going down the sideline. Nobody's catching him. Flot doesn't even notice the man's going. Like, he just slips right past Flot, and he's gone. What the heck is that? That's not good. Uh, great pressure in this game. One thing that I definitely noticed we did better, much better, than we did against Missouri was pressure. We could not get to Missouri's quarterback at all to save our lives. Um, LSU had a few sacks in this game. Granted, I think... All of those sacks um, came in the first quarter. I'm not exact. I can't really see it from the ESPN stats. But we had a few sacks. We were getting good pressure on uh, Colin Hill. We really, really made him look desperate at certain times. Where he just had to get the ball out. It was really nice to see that barreling down. I will say we caught some breaks. That defense caught some breaks from the kicker. South Carolina's kicker just got... I don't know what happened to him. He missed a 50-something yard field goal. I think it was exactly 50 yards. That's excusable. It's hard to hit 50-yard field goals. Like, okay, fine. I understand that one. But he missed some chip shots. Like... He missed, I think, a 30-something yard field goal. We actually have them. So it was a, he missed a 54-yard field goal. He missed a 34-yard field goal. And he missed a 40-yard field goal. The 54-yarder is excusable. The 34-yarder and the 40-yarder were not. 
those were really bad and those really hurt South Carolina. Um, I do not know how he did that. He's supposed to be a pretty good kicker. Those kinds of plays are really what can turn the tide of a game. Another thing that turned the tide of the game was that kickoff return that LSU had. Um, it was the first kickoff return touchdown in Tiger Stadium since 1981. That's incredible to think that it's been that long since we've had one um, at home. Don't exactly know when the last time we had one period was, but now it's that one. And the whole scenario behind it was like, huh, well, that was weird. Because I can't exactly remember the name of the guy who got it, but it was... Oh, yeah. There it is. Mitch... Uh, Jeter kicked it off. Trey Palmer was the guy who returned it for a touchdown. He bobbled the kick um, and then just got everywhere. Now, Trey Palmer isn't just your run-of-the-mill kickoff return guy. He's already got a punt return touchdown this year. He's also a state champion in the 100 and 200 meters. So, he's fast. He's very fast. You're not catching him. Honestly, how the heck? Just, I thought that play had broken down when he bobbled it. I thought he'd get stopped. Maybe he'd get stopped at the 15. Maybe we'd be lucky and get to the 20 or 25. And, oh, he's he's gone. Okay, then. Speaking of special teams, we never punted. I didn't realize that until after the game, but we never punted the ball. We, that's a good sign. It's a good sign when your offense can convert those third downs. Uh, we converted one fourth down. Um, granted, there was the interception. That that drive wasn't going to end in a punt anyway because of where we were on the field. But still. Um, yeah. Defense looked good. Defense, and again, 400 yards is still pretty bad, but I think uh, there was a chunk of that that we gave up during garbage time. Like, the game ended 52-24, to but South Carolina scored a late, late touchdown that um, really didn't matter. And it was a 75-yard drive, so... Yeah. But... Oh, that 75-yard drive did not happen to be all 75 yards by the offense. There was that pass interference... Uh, yeah, I did want to mention something um, that I found interesting, and I'm not exactly sure of this, so I'm going to say that this is my speculation on what exactly would have happened, because it's something that I'm vaguely aware of, and I don't know what the actual ruling would be, the application of it, but it's a rare scenario that can be kind of weird. So, when LSU was lining up for their eventual... TJ Finley uh, jumps over the line and scores touchdown. I think that was TJ Finley. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina committed an offside penalty twice in a row. What happened was, we were at the one-yard line, and it was, I want to say it was third. Yes, it was third and goal. Now, it's third and goal from the one, and what South Carolina did was something that I actually think is quite reasonable. They wanted to jump the snap, and they wanted to try and get the ball, try and, like, uh, you know, 
maybe see if they could get the ball right on the snap count, see if we wouldn't be able to handle the snap. Uh, and if they jumped off sides, oh well, what does it do? Move the ball like half a yard? It's not going to mean much. So they did that once. Uh, they actually jumped the snap, I think, so fast that they hit the ball, and they that's not a thing you can do. Like, that's why we fumbled it. Second time, they jumped it again. They jumped it just a tad. They almost had it. But from what I know, and this is just completely random out of my head, so I'm not going to say this is what I think is true. This is just from... It's like from my knowledge, from something that I remember from the deep recesses of my mind, there's a scenario that could have uh, played out had that happened a third or fourth time. Basically, if South Carolina kept repeatedly jumping the snap, getting offsides to do that where we were. Um, there's a rule in the books called a palpably unfair act penalty. Now, that basically is the most referee's discretion penalty of all time. And palpably unfair acts can result from many different things, and they can result in many different things. And they're at the, you know, again, referee's discretion. They can be, though, inc inclusive of, um, there's the famous play from the Cotton Bowl between Alabama and Rice, where uh, an Alabama, I believe it was an Alabama player uh, from the sidelines, went and tackled a Rice player running down the sideline. Uh, well, palpably unfair act was called in, and the referees awarded a touchdown. You can do that as part of the penalty. But in this instance, of course, I don't believe that would happen. What I'm talking about is, so you're within the goal line, you're within that area, the other team is going to try infinitely doing that offsides penalty until eventually they don't get called for it, and they get the ball. Or they don't, or they get the ball. Um, what I remember from reading a while back is that if you do that like three times in a row, the refs are going to notice you're doing that intentionally. They're going to realize, oh wait, this is a load of crap. You need to stop doing that. And they might either issue a warning or they'll throw a flag for it. Now, I think in that instance, it's maybe not palpably unfair. They might rule it unsportsmanlike conduct for what it is. But it's one of those weird situations where I think the rule book would have had to just start being like, okay, guys, you can't just keep doing this, you know, ruining the game, infinite penalties just to try and get the ball. That kind of crap, we're not having it. Stop doing it. And I believe the referees could have done something about it. They wouldn't have, obviously. Uh, not because... I don't know what would have happened. But I'm pretty sure that there is a scenario where, like, you keep on doing that, they're going to notice and they're going to stop you and they're going to say something about it. So, that was weird. Yeah. Defense looked better. Better. Not great. But better. Uh, giving up 400 yards isn't great. Again, some of that was due to uh, garbage time. But other of that was due to just terrible coverage. Like, they mentioned it on the broadcast in the first quarter. You're not playing contain. Two guys are supposed to do something. Like, hey, 
One of y'all got to contain on the outside. Otherwise, they're going to score a touchdown. None of y'all are going to do that. Okay. No, that's terrible. That's just terrible. How is it communication that's the problem? These are guys that are A, experienced, and B, more importantly, these games are being played in smaller uh, crowds, so there's less noise, so you can hear easier. There shouldn't be problems there. I don't know what the heck the problem is, but gotta work on those, because this was South Carolina. South Carolina is an okay team. They're not a great team. You know who is a better team than that? Auburn, and that's who we play next week. So, no excuses. Gotta get better on defense. We look good, but we need to look better. Um, hopefully, Miles Brennan will be back for next week. Uh, and, yeah. That's really gonna do it for all I gotta say. TJ Finley looked great, but he's not gonna be the starter if Brennan's healthy. You shouldn't expect that. There shouldn't be a quarterback controversy. Well... That's really all I got to say. That's going to do it for this episode of the two-point conversion. Uh, You'll see another episode of that tomorrow following the Saints game. They're playing the Panthers today. So, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. Find me on Instagram at bschluterla. I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the two-point conversion. Hopefully, it was successful. Until next time, bye-bye.